Yes, indeed. Welcome to the outpost in the borderlands. Thanks for joining us today on Post Orthodoxy. I'm Ainsley Sevier, and this is Dark Sevier. Hi, I'm Dark Sevier. Welcome to Post Orthodoxy. <laughs> it's true. Thanks for and joining us. This is our us. special co-host over here. Oh yeah, we'll the get... microphone is in the perfectly modest place. There she be. Oh yeah, it does. It Perfect. Protect... Microphone perfectly protects placements. her bits. Just to protect all the the fragile folk out there. They don't want to see boobies. Yeah, can you turn up my headphones just to hear? Ha ha! Well, the music was really loud. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I sent a text to our audio engineer last night, but I haven't heard back from him yet. We need to get an expert in this up in this bitch. Uh, when I started saying turn it up a little bit, it looks like I'm tweaking her knee, nipple. Mm. Um, anyway, how fun! Uh, welcome, folks. Welcome to Post Orthodoxy. <laughs> uh, what, what is what is this about? What Dark? is this show? What is going on? Well, the name should say something to you. Okay, if what's you, an orthodoxy is like a dogma. It's like a fundamentalism. It's the way it's, things it's ought the to one be. In, it's the on, only one way. Mm-hmm. And we're post. The, we're post that. We're post that. Yeah. yeah. So welcome to Post Orthodoxy. Uh, we uh, call ourselves an outpost in the borderlands. There's been um, more and more talk about the psychological state that we're in as a world right now. It's um, true. This guy named Matthias Desmet has been going on the circuits talking about mass formation or what people might know as uh, mob psychology. Or mob mentality. Mob mentality. Yeah. Crowd yep. psychology. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we've all gone quite mad. <laughs> all of us? Dirk? No, no, no. Actually, maybe about 30%. About 30% of us have gone quite mad. Another 40% are just going along with them because that's what that 40% usually does. And then there's another 30% saying, what the fuck is going on here? Right. And they're being actively shunned maligned censored or they're not saying what the fuck is going on here because they don't want to be actively shunned and maligned and so we exactly. have it makes a smaller voice so we have this problem where people in the u.s think that all of the doctors and nurses agree with the current mainstream perspectives on covid all and, of them. The, and the covid treatments because a bunch of them aren't saying anything because they don't want to lose their jobs and their, their reputation. Job. That was the topic on last week's show. Yeah. We it's call been a topic for a while. Yeah, we call ourselves an outpost in the borderlands because there's a great phrase. Um, I can't remember the, the, the guy's name, but there's a great phrase that uh, something like uh, people go mad in mobs but only find their way back one by one and slowly. So... Yeah. It, Can I do it? Yeah, you do it. Okay. Men grow mad in groups, but only regain sanity one by one. And slowly. And slowly. Yeah. And I just decided to say people instead of men. I know, but more men go mad is a nice alliteration. Men go, it's true. <clears throat> but uh, Men in the biblical sense. 
I guess it's it's uh, <laughs> correct as a quote, but maybe not politically correct right now. So please don't be offended for us using the word man. Um, <laughs> so Outpost in the Borderlands is for the folks that might have been in the psychosis or sort of in the the safety of the crowd and then have started to have some cognitive dissonance about the larger narrative and said, hey, wait a minute, that's actually not adding up. And that's where we come in. Yeah. We're the people who are outside the corral. And you might ask yourself, why? what makes you two so fancy? That, yeah, what makes that, us so fancy? That you're asking all the questions. And um, we, we both had some really tough experiences growing up where we had to leave our friends and family behind in order to own our own minds. It was easier for me than you. <clears throat> didn't much like you didn't much like the folks family. I was leaving behind. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we have a, a heightened uh, natural immunity to bullshit. Yeah. Because we have had to realize we were full of shit. Our beliefs that we were given growing up were full of shit and non-rectifiable to reality. And so we both had to go through the difficult process of leaving those belief systems, which meant being ostracized and looked at weirdly by the people that um, we were closest to growing up, whether you like them or not, your tribe. It's still difficult to lose. The one and only way. <clears throat> the one and only way. Yeah. Um, and so now we're not really afraid of asking questions. In fact, we continue to lose friends and loved ones <laughs> um, because sad, sad. I would rather I would rather know the truth and I would rather be speaking the truth than feel like I'm right. I would rather be proven wrong and be speaking the truth after I've been proven wrong. I would rather know the truth. So now you know where you are. Yeah, welcome. Welcome and- to the show. Um, if you're easily offended, this may not be a show for you, or just be offended and tell us about it. Yeah, leave some angry faces on the Facebook yeah, video. I'll do some right now. I, I First, you have to get mad, and I've definitely got that one covered. Ooh, we got some uh, things to be mad about. Might be able sure. to move on to two, second, whatever comes after. First, you get, <laughs> you got to get mad. Um, uh, we've got uh, Old Deb, Nat, Selly, and Bing Cortana tuning in on Twitch. Yeah, we got some comments coming in over there. From Sam me. Thompson and Paul Niehaus on YouTube. YouTube. We've yeah. got a couple other people watching anonymously on YouTube, which is fine. I completely yeah. understand. Leave a like on whatever platform you're on, and be sure to subscribe us or add us as friends. So here we are. It's true. What, uh, do you, what do you have prepared for us we today? We might say some things that upset people. This is what happens. I just want to yeah. cover that a little further. Like what we're saying here is not always what we agree with last week or next week. We're just trying to deal with the shifting sands of information and data. We're willing to do the messy work. Right. So so we're going to share some information and some sources mm-hmm. that we have this chat bot open so that you can help us process the information that we have gathered to share with you today. But you can find us on Twitch, you can find us on YouTube, you can find us on Facebook. And Twitter. And the video is on Twitter as well, although nice. Twitter does not send any comments from you Twitter. got to show up. Yeah. Um, so I want to start off the show with something that I want to throw out there, and I really want feedback from anybody who is listening. Um, and also, if you don't want to have your feedback show up in a public venue, you can always message us. Mm-hmm. Uh, have my messages open. Uh, message us and join in the conversation and we will just call you either a friend or enemy of the show, depending on what designation you choose. (laughs) 
Um, you can designate. Yeah, I want to start off with uh, a little piece to start populating the conversation. Because Hello, this I'd is... like to be known as an enemy of post-orthodoxy, and yes. here's my comment. Yes. <laughs> this is a piece that I want to start getting feedback on early because I would like to um, develop this idea over the course of the show because I I, uh, I think it, it deserves a lot more attention than this show. And uh, I'm going to... I made a post on, I think, post-orthodoxy mm. or on my personal page, probably on my personal page. Anyway, looking for feedback on this particular issue. Uh, so there's this guy named Brian Williams. He's this cat who's been on MSNBC for years. MSNBC? Yeah. MSNBC not. for years. <laughs> um, he's been in a few scandals because he, he loves, apparently, he loves war reporting, and he's that guy that talks, anyway, he... He kind of gets off on the war reporting for MSNBC, which which was kind of disturbing to me because the MSNBC is supposed to be the the official news uh, um, brand for the progressive left, but he's very pro war, and he often talks about his war stories. Yeah, where he wasn't actually he talks about being in a helicopter that was shot down while he was reporting in Iraq or something Ooh, like that. Wow, Turn, or Afghanistan. Turns out they were lies. He. He embellished the story over years, and he got more and more involved in the war as a reporter oh. until finally somebody called him out. He's a spotty chap, as far as I'm concerned. But anyway, he's a he's an icon on MSNBC. MSNBC is um, definitely a brand of infotainment that caters to uh, their the left. Quote, left progressive. Right. Anyway, and has a very specific donor base. There's been a lot of chatter on, and this may or may not be related, there's been a lot of chatter on uh, the right side of the, of the political spectrum where they're clocking everybody who's resigning from their positions during the uh, Maxwell trial. Oh. So they're saying all these people are leaving their corporate and blah, blah, blah. So... I don't know how much of that is because they're cashing out and getting ready to go to the space station, <laughs> right? Um, to you know, and and buy their property on the dark side of the moon where Dick Cheney has a real estate company. Um, <laughs> anyway, he's retiring, and uh, it sounds like it. There, I don't know what the story is behind his retirement, but I'm going to read you just a portion of the message that he left to his audience. Mm. His sign-off message. And I'm going to start right now. Um, After 28 years of peacock logos on much of what I own, it is my choice now to jump without a net into the great unknown. Okay, this guy's a multimillionaire. multimillionaire. His idea of jumping into the net is, I I find that kind of funny. Yeah, he he Um, doesn't not have a net, yo. (laughs) My choice is to jump without a net into the great unknown. Jesus Christ. As I do for the first time in my 62 years. My biggest worry is for my country. The truth is I'm not a liberal or a conservative. I'm an institutionalist. Hmm. I believe in this place and my love of country. I yield to no one. But the darkness at the edge of town has spread to the main roads and highways and neighborhoods. It's now at the local bar and the bowling alley and the school board and the grocery store. And it must be acknowledged and answered for all right, so here's the, here's, the, here's the clincher. Grown men and women who swore an oath to our Constitution, elected by their constituents. Okay, so he's talking about politicians. Sounds like it. Okay. Possessing the kinds of college degrees I could only dream of, have decided to join... A little self-effacing right there, yeah. that's nice. Have decided to join the <clears throat> mob and become something they are not. 
while hoping we somehow forget who they were. Mm. They've decided to burn it all down with us inside. Mm. So I posed the question. I saw somebody else um, post that quote, a friend of mine who I would consider very much lefty liberal. Mm -hmm. um, and I asked the question, who do you think they are? So obviously some politicians. Um swore oath. I don't know if that's politicians. Is that the army? Is that the military? Well, that could be the military. Constituents. No, grown men and women swore an oath to our constitutional elected by the oh elected by yeah. the constituents. Sorry. Elected by constituents is not military, that's politicians. Right. So I said, so who do you think they are? And then a bunch of old liberals jumped on and said, Well, obviously the Trumpers, the white supremacists, the blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And I thought, oh, wow, because I wasn't even thinking of that because I don't watch MSNBC. Right. I was thinking maybe he knows that it's all coming down because the media has been complicit. In lying. And lying about the pandemic causing innumerable deaths. Yeah. We haven't calculated how many deaths are going to come because of misinformation many, coming out of mainstream media and the government yeah. and the corporations. <clears throat> so we're the biggest story of the time to me right now is a... Deadly pandemic of the vaccinated. It seems to be the case now, actually, and we'll get into that later on in the story. A deadly pandemic where the reaction to the pandemic is going to cause far, far, far more death than the actual virus itself. That's what we're finding out. Our reaction, not our reaction, health authorities, governments, corporate, and media's reaction to the virus is going to kill more of us than the virus. That's pretty clear. Yeah. But we'll probably never calculate how many people died because the mainstream media um, made everyone believe that ivermectin is only a horse tranquil, a horse dewormer. Yeah. Right. Rather than a valid and inexpensive early treatment to prevent extreme COVID symptoms. So it shows you where my bias is. This guy leaves and he starts talking about the darkness on the edge of the town creeping in. And I'm like, oh, boy, they're coming from the media organizations that have been in. And the, and the politicians are going to be outed for being in collusion and enriching themselves on information that was dependent on them enforcing mandates. You know, that kind of thing. Right, 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 right. So I thought, OK, they're finally going to, you know, because that's where my orientation, that's my bias. My bias is that's the main story of the time right now. Yeah. Um, there are more people dying from bad information about COVID from state corporate authorities than people who have, are dying from uh, race-related white supremacist Trumpers. I think that's a pretty mm. safe thing to say right now. Mm. So if, if, if he's talking about the scary thing about Trump, because that's – that's all they got. That's all MSNBC, Russia and Trump, you know, the Russia thing wore out. The Steele dossier turned out to be crap. They wasted three years trying to make some big conspiracy that mm -hmm. Russia was the reason that Hillary lost. Uh, that was the whole point. Oh, For right. three years. Wow, that was so long ago. Yeah, I've just been so Russia wrapped up in a... Not that they had <clears throat> one of the most flawed politicians they could possibly put up against a populist. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not that they they crushed <laughs> the... Comp the Democrats crushed the Democrat competition for, for another populist. For what was going to be a populist yeah, election. We could have had the Trump populist and the Bernie populist and actually have the American citizens duke it out between what they really wanted. Anyway, they but just said a bunch of Bernie yeah. voters voted for Trump because they were never going to vote for Hillary. Right. So, uh, three years of that. The reason for that was the Russians, uh, that's all falling apart. So this guy's retiring. I don't know why he's retiring. It sounds like he's, he said, I'll show myself out, which sounds like there's some issue. Mm. That we're not going to find out about just yet. Um, 
So I'd like to know who, what other people think, who the they are. Uh, well, Paul Niehaus said earlier in the chat, um, the, the Brian Williams they. I think he's talking about things that will be made known in the coming months regarding elite satanic pedo networks. So, okay. so QAnon stuff. QAnon stuff. So this is another. So part of the story of the terrible. I don't, thing I don't know whether on. Paul means QAnon stuff. It's just when I think about elite pedo satanic networks, I think about QAnon because that's how QAnon started. Was, well, was, QAnon, was to take that stuff down. It didn't start that way. Actually, the QAnon. I mean, that's what became a, a battle cry for the QAnon movement. Um, I thought the whole point was, hey, guys, Trump is going to drain the swamp that's and where, save America, that's where, specifically from the Democratic pedos. That's where it went. QAnon earlier started as saying, hey, military industrial complex is a problem. Uh, mm. Income inequality is a problem. It was actually doing the it was the Bernie platform. And then they just pooped Trump onto the end of the video as the guy who was going to save us from all the things. Because when the first QAnon video I saw, it was before anybody, most people had heard. I do a lot of conspiracy stuff, and I do a lot of political stuff, and I do a lot of counterculture stuff. So I started following the QAnon stuff early. And just like the Tea Party movement, because I met a guy when I lived in Nevada City, California. He was he was one of the originators of the Tea Party. Mm. And I know who he was, and I know what his, what his mission was. But you know, six months later, Fox News had gotten a hold of it, and the Koch brothers had gotten a hold of it. And then it became an AstroTurf movement instead of a grassroots movement. So, and I think that's the same thing that happened with QAnon. It was a interesting thing that was tapping into. Oh, what have I done? Like, like what? Oh, wow. Oh my God. We've gone into the matrix. I went to the same computer I was screen sharing with to go talk about oh, what boy. I was screen sharing. Oh boy. <laughs> Sorry guys. Sorry guys. So, um, <clears throat> So QAnon, I'm fairly sure, got hijacked by more than one entity early, early on. Paul Niehaus says, thank you, Dark, for steel manning Q. There's a lot of disinfo out there about it. Yeah. There's, well, it, it's, a, it's a boogeyman for the left. Mm-hmm. It got used as MSNBC turned it into a boogeyman, just like Trump. They associated it with Trump and so also Orange Man bad. You know, so whatever the original. <laughs> Anything Trump says is bad. Right. Including. To the um, left. Inclu- including early treatments that it could have saved uh, probably hundreds of thousands of lives. Um, so. Where are we going? We're spinning all out. Where was I going with all this? QAnon, Brian Williams. Brian Williams. Who QAnon you, pedo ring. Who so, do you, who do you think right. of when Brian Williams says they? So, for me, I was I immediately went to my bias, and I'm thinking, well, the biggest con and story of the day is us being um, herded into booster shots that are killing people. Yeah. I thought that would be the biggest story of the day. So that's where I immediately go. Other people who don't have that on their radar, they think we're just weathering a terrible virus, um, have other issues to keep them preoccupied. So they're not so concerned about the virus, which is white supremacists in the Capitol. Mm -hmm. I don't doubt there's some white supremacists. There's always been white supremacists in the Capitol. I'm not saying it's a good idea. I'm not saying it's not happening. I'm saying where is the degree of emergency right now? Well, and there's a difference between a white supremacist and a racist, and there's a difference between a benign, a malignant racist, and a benign racist. Yeah. There, it's a spectrum. It's and not. It's not just like, yeah. So for Brian Williams to retire because of politicians, I don't know what that is. I don't know if it's pedophiles. Who does Brian Williams think are I the, don't po- know the if politicians? Racist. Yeah. I don't know if it's insider trading with Pfizer and Moderna. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are all things. Those are all that corruptions think, going on right yeah, now. Totally going on right now. <clears throat> So anyway, I want to hear, yeah, your perspectives. Thanks, Paul, for uh, chiming in with that. 
Paul, Paul says, what if it's all connected? And, what if <laughs> and it, I said, indeed. Right. <laughs> I, think, um, I think it's always good to remind our beloved listeners of my perspective on the whole political thing. Like a lot of people think of the planet as independent stores, you know, like I can go to Best Buy and I can go to Claire's and I can go to Target and I can go to PetSmart. And each of those stores has its own rules and its own um, structures and its own internal mechanisms. Um, but what I've come to realize through my research and education from smart people around me is that the planet is more like um like a department store one like by and large from Wally uh, or a super Walmart where they have everything um, from gardening supplies to groceries to clothing to tools to, I mean, it's everything all in one. The planet and uh, each country is merely a department in the department store of the planet. It's a fiscal entity, the planet, and um, the, the country structures are a comforting illusion and identity factor for the various civilians or citizens on the planet to, to align themselves with in order to feel meaningful and sorted um, and... Uh, uh, keep your attention off of the man behind the curtain is sort of my perspective. Mm. Like uh, it's not, uh, I don't feel as though the planet stops at Joe Biden versus Putin versus oh, Boris no. Johnson. It's the only story in town. Baby. To me, that's one level of control on the planet and above Biden and Putin and Boris Johnson and that lady. Putin. I like how you say P- Putin. 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 Yeah, Putin. And, yeah whatever. It's fun. Above those people is another governing structure that is a fiscal governance of the planet that is in control, some overtly and some covertly, and various people at different levels know about how much is this fiscal... Like, to me, that's what's going on in the planet. Like, Coca-Cola and Johnson & Johnson and Pfizer are running the planet. Like, not Biden and Putin and Johnson. No, no. Um... Biden is never going to be able to do something that upsets Coca-Cola's profit margin. Now that we've got the Biden or the, what's that guy's name? Williams, the Williams. Brian Williams, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go to something a little more light, a little more lighthearted. Fun. I'd like to talk about vaxism. How's that? Vaxism. Yeah. This is a thread I found on Twitter that I found completely delightful and it inspired me to write an entire new um, Substack uh, article, which will be coming out sometime this week. Uh, but this is from some lady named Amanda on mm. Twitter. At uh, Amanda Left Coast is, so that's probably. If you want to follow her? Probably in New York or something. Left Coast? That's what they call the Left Coast. Oh. Sort of the East Coast. Interesting. Uh, so I don't oh, anyway, so that's that's Amanda. And she has this wonderful thread that I, I shared on our post-orthodoxy page because I think it speaks so much to what post-orthodoxy does, mm-hmm. actually. Let's draw some parallels and uh, between things and see if we can't get a better perspective on <clears throat> each. Um, so this is her thread. For the purpose of this thread, I've created a new word to describe the vax zealous who want to mandate everything and jab everyone by force if necessary. Vaxism. This is not to be confused with generally pro-vax or ambivalently vaccinated people. So we're going to just go thread by thread um, or post by post. I think the parallels between vaxism and Christianity are much starker and more direct than comparisons between Christianity and wokeness. 
Vaxists believe COVID is sin leading to death, and the vax is the savior. Quote, there is no other name by which you may be saved. Mm, so many Unquote. Bible verses here. Not ivermectin, not natural immunity, not your low risk factors up to and including the fact that you're five years old. Vax alone equals solo Cristo. Um, and then she shared a news article. Rio de Janeiro's Christ the Redeemer, which is a gigantic white statue, uh, was lit up Sunday with the message, Vaccines Saves United for Vaccines to encourage... Oh my. Yeah, it's a CBS report. Ah. Get those Christians involved. <laughs> so uh, any rejection, this is the next post, any rejection of the vax is a rejection of salvation, but it's bigger than you. Moral implications are severe. The vax was free, a gift. How can you reject the gift freely offered for the salvation of mankind? Do you hate humanity? Are you selfish, stupid, a fool? Number four. The vaxxed are giving, are going to heaven. By heaven, I mean Hamilton on Broadway. Oh, <laughs> which you don't get to go to anymore if you don't get a particular medical treatment. Unvaxed will be cast out into the outer darkness of Manhattan where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Number five, get vaccinated equals get saved. If you are vaxxed and you're not evangelizing, are you really pro-science? It's dubious. Only the evangelical vaxxed are demonstrating their devotion and love for humankind. I've never seen you tweet, get vaccinated, so I'm not sure about you. <laughs> Until everyone is vaxxed, the science cannot set the captives free and restore the world to its former pre-fall of mankind's state. The science. So, if you're not getting vaxxed, you're holding us back from the coming millennial utopia of our pandemic-free destiny. She should have a hyphen in there. Yeah. Number seven. Public announcements are required. It's like baptism. You need to publicly confess with your mouth that vax is Lord. It's not enough to privately believe it. <laughs> Number eight. Anti-vax equals anti-Christ. Ultimately... If you doubt or reject the vax, you're going to get what's coming to you. By faith, you are saved. It is a gift from science. But if you cause others to doubt the vax, woe to you. You're a heretic and worthy of curses. Burn the witch. Number eight. Number nine. This entire belief system for the vax zealots is just Christianity. To recap, vax equals Jesus, God equals science, virus equals sin, vaxed equals saved, and unvaxed, the damned. Mary Vaxmus and God boost us, everyone. Thank you, Amanda Left Coast. <sighs> and that, you know, I want to, can we pop over to the document? Let's start with the Sunday Independent newspaper picture. Uh, it's, it's, it's towards the bottom. Uh, it says, public mood turns against the unvaccinated. This is the kind of stuff that I find really fascinating. Let's go and see what's happening with the zealots of vaxism. Here's a tweet from not that Kate MPH and MBA at Kate underscore Freedomer. She says the people who seem to want COVID restrictions to continue do so because it gives them a sense of purpose that that they were lacking before. They fear going back to a meaningless world. They need help finding meaning elsewhere. So this is that religious thing. This is also talking about the very specific conditions that led to the mass formation, the mob psychosis, the mob psychology that we're living under right now. Uh, people have found new meaning in this story of being um, saving humanity with getting as many shots as anybody tells them to. Yeah. 
So the next... They get to be a superhero, finally. The next tweet with the star on it. This is the other side. Uh, my partner had a drink with the neighbors the other night. We consider them friends. They know we are both unvaxxed. She said to my partner, if I was PM, I'd mandate the vaccine, and if people refused, I'd have them shot. Wow. Let's go down to another one. Um, this is from Lim Sip. Lim Sip 27 on Twitter. I have zero time for anti-vaxxers. We are not all in this together. Ooh. What makes me so bloody angry is they are taking up ICU beds and hospital time. They can stick their rights wherever they like. And then Porto 2022 responded, it reminds me of that guy who had a hiking accident and had to cut off his own arm to save his life. Oof. Similar situation. We need to think about the time, resources, and opportunity cost of treating the selfish, unvaccinated, medical-eligible adults. So there's a lot of there's a lot of fervor, zealousness in that. It doesn't feel science based. It feels what does it have to do with the guy that had to cut off his own arm? Then oh, we have to cut them off. We have to oh, cut off those people. Jesus. Yeah. I saw something earlier this week that um, people are proposing that if you go to the hospital with COVID but you have not had a, one of the COVID treatments, then you have to pay your own medical bills. Yeah, that's one. There's a few countries that are trying to do that yeah. or are doing that. Um, so uh, that's that's not very Hippocratic oathy. No, this is religion. This is cult. This is uh, this is why post orthodoxy is here in the world. Yeah, uh, to show you the cultism of the shit that passes is like I guess that's just somebody's opinion. Um, there's another thing I wanted to share. Uh, it's a po- we, if you haven't followed us on Twitter, please follow us on Twitter. Mm-hmm. This is where we're dumping most of our sources, re-sharing information, people. resharing people. Yeah. We've sort of downplayed our stuff on Facebook. We'll get to our Facebook uh, fact-checking thing later in the show. Um, but on Twitter is where we're doing most of our stuff. So The algorithm a- really cuts you off from having any kind of successful conversations or ongoing interactions with people on Facebook. Some weeks we have a lot of people seeing our stuff, and some weeks we have nobody seeing our stuff. And that means that people who are following along are missing really important parts of the story as we progress through them. Right. Um, we're doing our best to move away from Facebook. Twitter is nice because you can follow hashtags, you can follow accounts, you can just search for a topic that you want to hear about. I sort of think of Facebook as a place where you um, talk with people you know about stuff that you may or may not agree about. And Twitter is a place where you talk about stuff that you care about with people you don't know. Yeah, which I find really useful. Yeah. New perspectives. Mm -hmm. New perspectives. Paul says he would follow us on Twitter if he wasn't permanently banned from it. See what I mean? Oh, dang it. Well, Um, we haven't got there yet. We're we're trying to walk a fine line. Yeah. We we reshare. We're not resharing... Emotionally driven stuff. We're resharing facts, and we haven't outright data. haven't outright insulted anybody yet. An evidence base uh, so far. I try uh, to stay away from just memes. That's a badge of honor, though, Paul. But speaking of memes, oh, but wait, we have a comment that I don't want to get too far away from. Okay, yeah, do a it. A new friend joining us on YouTube with an 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 unpronounceable username. It's a lot of symbols. Welcome, unpronounceable username. This person said, Catherine Austin Fitz says mm. the only way to stop this is how people eventually stopped the Nazis by filing loads of lawsuits yeah. against all complicit and or culpable parties. And I'll say, see the Great Barrington Declaration, see, which is uh, a trigger word for the left, too. <laughs> well, they are not suing so much, mm. but they are. Um, there's that guy, uh, Reiner Fulmick. Mm-hmm. He's been they've been suing up in Canada mm. and a few different places. Uh, he's based out of Germany with the. 
a coronavirus investigative team or something like that. Crimes like Against Humanity. 500 lawyers uh, trying to set up. Basically, they're saying it's time for a Nuremberg II mm-hmm. trial because yeah. we've gone beyond the pale on this. Our uh, friend with the unpronounceable username continued, the first rule in silent weapons for quiet wars mm. is to provide constant distraction through the media with dumb but inflammatory stories so the populace doesn't recognize the bankster's heist. Yeah. And it works. It does work. This is part, major part of the mass psychosis. Um, <clears throat> another meme. We do try to stay away from the memes, but... Uh, I did oh. share something last night. This is so bad. I guys. found something last. Somebody shared it from somebody. So I then shared it, and I said, "This will not age well. It's already starting to smell." And then um, I was banned by that, that. that person who had, sh- <laughs> which is going to be really funny. <laughs> it's really funny. Uh, actually. The more that we get into this meme, yes. Um, so the meme is it's an it's a bingo card, anti-vax bingo 2021 edition, and then it says underneath that, give yourself a point for each statement that has caused you to block someone. So me saying this is not going to age well. This is well. not going to age well. Got me blocked. <laughs> Lol. It's really funny, and that's not even on the card, so I don't even get to play this game. Um, so I thought, okay, what what are what are what are uh, People who are devotees of vaxism, uh, how are they, why are they blocking people? As opposed to people that have meaningfully thought out and researched opinions on whether or not you should get a particular vaccine or treatment. You can be vaccine hesitant, you can be pro-vaccine, and you can be anti-vaccine, and none of those is the same thing as vaxism, which is what we're seeing now, which has taken a medical issue that you could know things about and that you ought to be researching and investigating thoroughly before you put it into your bodies and your children's bodies and turned it into a religion where you cannot ask questions and you must just blindly do what you are told. That's vaxism. So uh, let's go to the first square. What's the first square in the thing? Medical apartheid. I used that this week in a discussion like ah, medical apartheid is a bit much. And we should totally have mandates and separate people into two classes. Do you understand what the word apartheid means? So, so let's look up what apartheid <laughs> means. The first records of this word apartheid in English came from the 1940s. It's an Afrikaans word in which the suffix um, hide means hood as in a state or condition, in this way, apartheid basically means apartness or the state of being apart. It can be interpreted as meaning separation or segregation. Google won't even autofill the word apartheid for me when I try to Uh, look it up. So uh, the first sticker in the bingo card, medical apartheid, they're saying that you should probably unfriend or block somebody if they use that term, even though it's completely accurate for what many of the governments are doing or trying to do right now. Mm. All right, let's go to the second one. (laughs) I'm being discriminated against. Who is? That's the second one. Oh. That you delete somebody. (laughs) Oh, you're being discriminated against because you won't get the, the shot. You're not being discriminated against. You just don't care about people. You just don't care about people, right. So, no, discrimination, uh, see apartheid. I think we already covered that one. Um, Segregation, also see the other two things. Mm. These are all things that are happening. I don't know if you know that there's uh, COVID internment camps in um, Australia. Australia. And right now in uh, the U.S., 
during a pandemic, there are four major prisons being built, but not four major hospitals. Yeah. Why, weird. Why, why is that? If, I don't know. If why. we if we happen to have not enough hospital beds, one would think maybe we should get some more hospital beds. That the the government would spend money on hospitals instead of for profit incarceration buildings, um, aka slave labor. Let's find that. Okay, so um, the fourth one: vaccine changes your DNA. It, it, it does it just does. a little bit, just but just a little bit. <laughs> they said it does. It does. You can know this. Even if it's a little bit, it does. So, yeah. so far, zero so, for four. Okay, so four of these things are a reason someone, potentially a leftist, would block someone, even though these things are true. Yeah. I just can't talk to you anymore. I can't talk to you anymore, even though you're saying something that's completely verifiable and true. Uh, slash says, that's what we're calling our friend yeah. on YouTube. Slash. Yes, slash. I, I requested that that person give us a nickname. Okay, Slash. <laughs> I was like, Mellow Yellow, Fozzie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Slash says, just do it pro se. We're smarter than lawyers. Yeah. Thanks. Um, I would so do that. I would get so fired up. So, by the way, we do have a website. <laughs> postorthodoxy.com there's a little button where you can uh support us in our work if we get enough support maybe we'll just start suing everybody yeah um we'll we'll hire a sound engineer we'll hire a podcast editor we'll hire someone to pull up all of our visuals for us for the week right and then we'll spend the all that brand new free time just suing We'll just do it locally. This is one of the main tenets we've been bringing out in the second part of season two is start with you and start with the people around you and start with the community around you. I think we should start with suing KBMF and the Beat America Foundation for discrimination. And misinformation. And slander. Dangerous misinformation. And defamation of character. That's a little personal, though. I I like the idea of maybe suing the Butte Health Department for misinformation that has killed people in our town. So, number five, uh, the, virus, local folks. the virus isn't real, it's a hoax. Okay, well, that's something that we could have a conversation about. I'm, uh, there are people that do think it is not real or a hoax. We seem to think it is an actual virus. Mm-hmm. Um, we, however, Dark, and, Dark and Ainsley. Dark we and Ainsley, do. we feel as though it is a real virus. Probably a virus. We also don't feel like it, the the story of the virus is in line and tied to the reality of the virus. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't say the virus is a hoax. Yeah. But I would say... But there are people out there... There's a lot of misdirection going on. Yes, and a lot of reasons to distrust anyone that you ever used to trust. Can say lies a lot, too. I can say easily there's a lot of lies. There's a lot of lies. And when someone feels as though they're being lied to on every side, it's completely understandable that they'd be like, you know what, I bet the whole thing is fake. I bet the whole thing is just a, a brainwashing campaign to take over the minds of the citizens and force us into a new reality that we're not choosing. I can see how people feel that way. I, I can see it happening. Yeah. Uh, I do I, think there's, there's a real virus. There's evidence-based. Uh, uh, you can base that in evidence. The thing, the conspiracy theory, she just said. All right, uh, but I can see... This is the first one, this this first row. This is the first one in this meme, the anti-vax bingo, reasons why you've blocked somebody. Oh, yeah. I can see why someone might not want to talk to somebody 
anymore who just says the whole thing is a hoax because I I also don't think that's a considered opinion. I don't think just get the jab is a considered opinion. And I don't think the whole thing is a hoax is a considered opinion. I don't think either of those people have done a lot of research into what's really going on. I don't think it's going to move the conversation forward. It's not going to solve the problem. That's for sure. In Um, my mind. But I also just don't think making your reality bubble smaller and smaller is healthy for you. <laughs> Let's go to the second line where this guy, the anti-vax bingo card, where this guy seems to think you should uh, block somebody for these things. Here's the first one on the second line. Untested or trial vaccine. If someone says if somebody this, says that, yeah, you should give yourself a point if you blocked somebody for saying, but it's untested and it's a trial vaccine. Right now we are in uh, the trial. This is the we stage are three the of the trial. Yeah. So it is... Uh, in trial, it, we're under an emergency use authorization to use an untested, untrialed, a non-FDA experimental. Approved. We'll even go further. Yeah. Experiment. Yes. So that is also uh, some lie that you should be invested in, I guess, according but, to the original originator of the post. There has been research on mRNA-based vaccines for a very long time. Oh, yeah, for like 30 years or something. And people look, or like 60 years, I think. Robert Malone, And people talk about that and say uh, they've been researching mRNA vaccines for years, so it's not a trial vaccine. Those two things can both <laughs> exist at the same time. It's true. MRNA research has been going on for a long time, just like cancer cure research has been going on for a long time. Neither of those fields has, as far as I know, a cure, an approved vaccine that has gone through extensive trials. Emergency use authorization is not the same thing as FDA approval. There was a wave suddenly where it was like, it's approved by the FDA. No, 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 it's not approved by the FDA. It is uh, the FDA allowed an emergency use authorization, which we should no longer be under because we're we have not early treatments. We have early treatments. Mm-hmm. We and, have other treatments. And we know how to, to do preventatives now. So. It is unlawful for anyone to authorize an emergency use treatment when there are other treatments that already exist that can do the same thing. Right. So we can do that. And people are like, well, those things aren't really, haven't been tested. I'm like, well, the, the crap that you're shoving into our arms hasn't been tested yeah. either. What's the, that stuff has been tested to not show side effects. Yeah. Not show harm. You're not going to have heart, to that heart attacks too. if you, if you take ivermectin. You might shit your brains out for a couple of days, but it's not going That's to kill you, overdose, you or yeah. hurt your heart or permanently give you paralysis or scabies or autoimmune diseases or thyroid problems, all of which has been happening from these COVID treatments. Paul Niehaus says, is it true that the FDA approved quote unquote vaccine won't even be available to the public until 2024? I hadn't even gotten looking into Gosh, I'm just going to ask the internet. What? I what, hadn't. What, e- I haven't even. What's the question? Is it true that the FDA approved vax won't even be available to the public until 2024? That sounds familiar, but I don't know. I, how can they even approve it when? The, I mean, that's another part of the show we want to get into after this little bingo card. Is that evidence is showing which people predicted and we reported on six months ago or or earlier that uh, this may end up being a pandemic, ironically, of the vaccinated. Mm. And there's an article, and we'll cover that, that the people who are getting vaccinated are actually driving the more virulent um, strains that are coming out. And uh, that, anyway, we'll get to that later in the thing. Which has happened in the past. 
that it, it it's happened. It's yeah, a known thing. Yeah, this isn't thing. a crazy like. A, oh my god! Wasn't a surprise. Vaccinated people cause further mutations of the thing they're being vaccinated <sighs> against. That's not shocking to the medical community or anybody who's researched anything at anything all about at all? how viruses and vaccines work. Right. So, this bingo card is hilarious in its terribleness. I want to read the next one. Big Pharma. Oh, no. If somebody says that, you better cut them right out of your life. All right. Let's just Because that this. definitely doesn't happen. There's a tweet from a guy named Revelation or at scrap underscore iron underscore Ryan. He says, has Pfizer ever been found guilty in a court of law for scientific fraud? No. The answer is yes. Has <laughs> oh. Pfizer ever been found guilty of bribing doctors? No. The answer is yes. Has Pfizer ever been found guilty by a jury of racketeering fraud? No. The answer is yes. So when you say big pharma, that's what people are talking about. A known criminal organization. Anyway, uh, survival rate. So I don't know why that's a problem. Because it means you don't care about the zero the point. people who died? About the 0.1% of people who have died. If you start talking at all, if you start talking at all about how this virus isn't as serious as is they not, modeled it to be, is not a pandemic level illness, that means you don't care because not even one person. It's pandemic level according to the new definition of pandemic. Right, 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 okay. right, right. Um, the vaccine doesn't work. Also, a definition that we have to use now, even though it doesn't mean immunizing. The vac- they say the vaccine doesn't work. Well, I don't. I haven't really seen a lot of conclusive proof that the vaccine does work. Have you seen any proof that the vaccine works? People say, "Well, I got it, but I, I, I would have gotten it worse. I would if have I had... gotten it worse. That's not proof like, that the vaccine works. How would people we, are how getting would, sick yeah. and then saying, "Thank God I got the vaccine," and then got sick because then how how could we prove that? Just as a thought exercise, like how could we prove that the vaccine is making life better? We would have to take two absolutely identical groups of demographics. Yeah, giant groups. Like, we would have to take, like, 10,000 people and another 10,000 people. And the 10,000 people who had gotten the exact same shot, Pfizer, AstraZeneca, Johnson & Johnson, Moderna, would have to be compared to a to the 10,000 people control group who had yeah. not gotten any of those shots, yeah. who lived in the same parts of the country, who had the same family history, who had the same racial and social and health demographics, yeah. and the same financial demographics, and... And, like, it would be a mind-blowing study to try to figure out if the vaccine is saving lives. Because... We can look at people who who are now getting it because you're not vaccinated now until, I don't know, in some places you're not vaccinated until you get your second booster. Um, Denise, Denise Robb on Facebook... um, has shared a couple of articles with us. The okay. majority of people with severe cases and in the hospital are unvaccinated. Where I'd like to see the data on that because um, I keep hearing that. But I, it depends on if you're just looking at U.S. data, which I have some problems with their data collection because it's not as thorough as places like Israel and some other Let places. Let me explain. Yeah, in, the, in the U.S., 
the U.S. does not keep data about which patients in the hospital have had one of their shots, which patients in the hospital have had both of their shots, and which patients in the hospital have had none of the COVID treatments. Israel does keep that data. So you can look at how many people in Israel are in the hospital or the ICU who have had some of their COVID treatments or none of their COVID treatments. In the U.S., we don't know that. A lot of U.S. hospitals report people as unvaccinated if it has been a certain period of time since their vaccine or if it's uh, if they've only had one of the set of two shots or now they're starting to report people as unvaccinated if it has been a certain period of time since their first two shots and they have not gotten a booster shot. So the U.S. data is corrupt, but we can look at other countries and see what their hospitalization rates are. Actually, she shared a couple of news articles, yeah. and I appreciate that, and I'll be looking into them this week. Yeah, we can't actually read the news articles um, while doing the show. So if you want to summarize what's in the article, we'd love, love to see it. Um, um, one article says COVID patients in the ICU now almost all unvaccinated, says an Oxford scientist from uh. The Guardian in the U.K., and then the other one is the Star Tribune. We looked at this article earlier this week. Unvaccinated patients are filling Minnesota intensive care units. So we'll look into both of those um, counties and or whatever you call it in England, borough, and, uh, and see what the data is like for those hospitals and whether they differentiate between patients who have had some of the COVID treatments or none of the COVID treatments. Well, here, here's the thing. If you go to our Twitter page, I have one graph that has red bars and green bars, and this is what's happening in Scotland between the people who are getting vaccinated and the people who are not getting vaccinated. All right, COVID-19 deaths by vaccination status in Scotland, Yeah, August 7th to November 26th. So that looks a little unbalanced in terms of the vaccine doing good. It does not so let's look go, good. It doesn't look good. So let's go down to the, the, the thing below that. A slideshow? Yeah, well, there's a guy. Uh, is it a above anti-vax bingo? Uh, no, it's, oh. it's just below the red oh, bar. Oh, pandemic thing. of the unvaccinated. Yeah, that one. Okay. So just look at that little slideshow, and you can see that this is deaths before and after the vaccines in all these various countries. It doesn't look like the vaccine has done what a vaccine is supposed to do, which would be the opposite of that. Mm. So these are COVID nineteen deaths before and after vaccination. I think that the data that we're getting in the United States is a little cooked in the way that they're doing it. Uh, and there's evidence of that as well. Um, These are, they're based, the blue lines are showing the amount of COVID-19 deaths before mass rollout of vaccination. Right. And the red lines are showing the amount of COVID-19 deaths after mass rollout of COVID treatments. And the biggest spikes in new cases are in areas that have the highest level of vaccination. So I'm looking forward to reading the articles. I've been reading a lot. What are the sources on those articles? Let me see. Which articles? Uh, that Denise sent. Uh, one is The Guardian and one is The Star Tribune. Okay, so Star Tribune is a big uh, chain. I'd be interested to know. I know who's paying their reporting. Uh, the Guardian is also a corporate publication, which I feel like has mixed for me. Right. It's one of the mainstream medias in Britain. It's a mainstream media, and I know who's paying those reporters. The Minnesota one was from today, Denise said. Thank you very much. Uh, I, I read a, an article earlier this week about talking about some nurses in Minnesota and the experiences those nurses were having in the hospitals that they were working in. Yeah, that was a CNN article. And now we're not we're not denying that people are sick. Mm-hmm. 
at no. all. No. And we're not denying that hospitals are overwhelmed at all. But one hospital's experience in one part of the country is not the experience that every single person in the country is having. And I think it's important to always keep perspective. It is sad when people die and it's difficult to handle loved ones with chronic illness, but it's important to have, to zoom out and have perspective. We have, you know, 335 million people in the U S and of those 335 million people, how many of those people how many of the 335 million people in the U.S. are severe, severely ill or dying from SARS-CoV-2? That number is the number that we need to look at. Unfortunately, we can't base our treatment of every single child and small business and young mother trying to keep her apartment and people trying to have jobs. We can't judge. We can't manipulate every single person's experience unless a lot of people are being injured. And at this point, the data is not showing that a high percentage of people are being injured by this. We, we have to look at the greater good, and I know it sounds clinical, um, and we have to do cost-benefit analyses. We have, to, we have to look at the comparison between how many of the 335 million people in the U.S. are severely ill or dying um, compared with how many of the 335 million people in the U.S. have lost their homes have lost their ability to be um, 30 per, sober. Thirty percent increase in um, drug overdoses in the entire country. Sixty percent in Virginia, actually. Sixty percent increase in drug overdoses in Virginia since the lockdowns began. Uh, those deaths should also matter. Uh, Denise is under the impression that Republican cities have higher death rates. I've been, I've been. Somebody else health- shared that information too. Yeah, I, but I'm talking about global data. I'm not yeah. looking at that. I mean, I'm happy to look at that, but. Uh, and, and I'd be that's uh, a political issue yeah. that you're layering a political filter over a medical well, she, issue. No, you got to listen. She says, yeah. turns out Republican cities have higher death rates. Health shouldn't be political. I agree. I agree. The health should not be political. I totally agree. I would like to know what the death rates are in Democrat cities for suicide over suicide and overdose and childhood abuse and spousal abuse and starvation. I would like to know those numbers because those are collateral damage from the way that we've treated this whole thing. I really appreciate you chiming in, Denise. Absolutely. Thanks for sticking in with the show. I, I know Denise from way back in the early days of me doing stand-up comedy. Oh, in LA, awesome. Way back when. Um, can we scroll down to the notes? Because I think it's a good time to segue into this Oh, this yeah. I just article. wanted to share with folks, if you would like to see the data from that tweet yourself uh. of when deaths spiked in countries after massive vaccine rollout, you can go to um, the Financial Times and I, I know you might be like, ah, oh, they're not a health authority. But what they've done is they've taken data from all of the leading global health authorities and local health departments and put them into a chart. They've built a chart that takes health authorities' data and makes it visual for us to see. Um, it's ig.ft.com slash coronavirus dash chart. And I'm going to share that um, in our stream for people to look at. Um, you can see the data yourself. You can sort it by country. You can sort it by how many deaths there've been. You can sort it by when they started vaccinating people. You can, you can, you can look at that yourself. Uh, you can look at Republican cities or Republican states. You can look at the state of Florida. Right. And and you can compare them to other states. You can actually do that. It's a nice resource to visualize what's going on. Um, in the notes page, there's a Brett Weinstein, 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 mm-hmm. Brett Weinstein post uh, that was liked by Robert Malone. Robert Malone, if you don't know, was the uh, credited as the inventor of mRNA technology. Uh, 
The um, mainstream media is doing its best to discredit Robert Malone right now because but but he is What is the what is a, a guy who's devoted most of his life to vaccine technology and invented mRNA technology have to say about this? Why should we listen to him? Uh, Brett Weinstein. Every expert who told us escape variants were a problem caused by extra COVID cases in the unvaccinated rather than selection on breakthrough cases in the vaccinated was spreading misinformation. The question is, why did they do it given the logic was clear from the get-go? What? Every expert who told us escape variants were a problem caused by extra COVID cases in the unvaccinated rather than selection on breakthrough cases in the vaccinated. was So whenever they said all this is coming from the unvaccinated, when people knew. All the scientists. Knew <clears throat> that the vaccinated were going to drive the new var- variants. Yes. So I have a link. This is an article called a Spike-Only Vaccine, a Colossal Blunder. Michigan State University shows SARS-CoV-2 vaccine escape is due to vaccination. You can click on this article. This is a Substack article um, where the guy is looking at the data from this uh, Michigan State University study. He says, early, earlier analysis had shown correlation of new COVID-19 cases with vaccine uptake, indicating vaccine escape. Now that causality is confirmed. The question is, will policymakers stop making it worse? In other words, what he's saying is vaccinated people are more likely to be diagnosed with COVID-19. And we have a link to that blog article. He says the actual study is like $40 and behind a paywall. Um, but he's linking to some of the things that he, he gleaned from the study. Um, he says the, the number of new cases was higher in countries with higher vaccine uptake. This is what we're showing in that graph that we just showed from the Twitter graph. Uh, He goes on to say, those with natural immunity will be valuable assets to society as we try to recover from the pandemic and the vaccination program that that made it much worse. Stop blaming the unvaccinated for the rise in variants, science says. You're wrong. And that the vaccinated who accepted spike-only vaccines are making things more difficult than they need to be. Um, this cat is an, he says, I'm an evolutionary biologist, so I don't pray much, but my hope is that pathogenic priming in the vaccinated can be minimized by the Brownstein protocol, Brownstein protocol. I have a little, uh, graph down there, which talks about what the group, it's basically vitamin A, C, D, zinc, these other things that people have figured out what people were deficient in when they go into the hospital, 85% of the people going into the hospital with COVID were, deficient in vitamin D. So perhaps if people started taking vitamin D, we would see fewer people going to the hospital. That's what the Brown, what's he calling it? The Brownstein protocol says. An Institute for Pure and Applied Knowledge Public Health Policy Initiative, July 2020. This information has been out here a long time. Yep. These are things that we should be taught in school. We should be being taught about nutrition and vitamins and minerals and heavy metals and the toxification of our systems by the chemicals in our environment. Um, But people would get mad. Well, the problem is people (laughs) have succumbed to vaccism where they're invested in the doctrine of the coronavirus, even though new scientific data has come in. They're still invested in an old story because that's what their meme stash is filled with. Mm hmm. 
sometimes you need to dump that meme stash and go for some new memes because there's new information that has come out since uh, uh, Cat in the Curve. Uh, oh, I remember Cat in the Curve. <laughs> I loved that meme yeah. so much. That was yeah. really important. The whole point of a two-week lockdown at the beginning of a potential new viral spread is so that World Health Organization's beyond just the WHO, other World Health Organizations, can figure out what the best approach is and how serious it's going to be. And instead, they lied to us. Uh, it's pretty clear that it's a lie. I like sharing that graph um, of uh, the evolution of herd immunity from the WHO in the last 19, 20 months, where vaccination was maybe 50-50 mm. In the definition of herd immunity with natural immunity. And over the last 19 months, herd immunity disappeared and vaccination became the larger. The only definition the of only herd immunity. The only way you can get rid natural, of a virus. Natural immunity That's not disappeared. science. That's yeah. policy. Policy yeah. is different than medicine. Yes. So they somehow took medical knowledge about herd immunity and made it political policy. And somehow also now terrain theory is um, germ theory denialism. These are the kind of fuckeries that are going on that are not accidents. This is about profit motive, unfortunately. Funk's first fundamental says slash. Secure yourself first. I saw an article on Reuters saying 80% vaccinated in hospitals, but now that article is scrubbed. We're up against Big Pharma's unlimited money and media influence. Follow the money. And now, if you haven't had the latest jab, you're also considered unvaccinated. I think this is why we have to keep talking to people about how the U.S. is handling this data. Other countries are being more honest with their data, but the U.S. is not. Uh, I don't. Yeah, not that the other countries are being completely honest. No, but there are other countries that are rep that are accurately reporting someone's treatment status. But then still I, hyping the fear. Yeah. And still hyping, still the, hyping fear. the fear, but at least they're reporting accurately who's in the hospital with a COVID treatment and who's in a hospital without the COVID treatments. Right. I know nurses here in Butte who have anonymously shared with me that many times when a patient comes into the hospital, their chart says they are unvaccinated. And then they go to the patient and they say, your chart says you haven't had one of these treatments. Would you like to have one of the COVID treatments today? And they're like, that's so weird because I actually just, I just got my shot. I actually have gotten my shots so there's a lot of fuckery going on some, some people still think that if you get the vaccine you're not going to get sick or spread it i mean which that's is also not true still a thing that's happening out there we should go we should go back to unvaccinated bingo oh yeah you anti-vax anti bingo let's go back to the anti-vax bingo <laughs> this is what makes editing our shows so hard yeah sorry sorry uh anti-vax bingo so like everything that they've said on there is this is this is a virtue signal card. Yes. Where everything is a lie and easily provable lie, mm -hmm. at least easily for me. I don't know. I don't know why it's not so easy for other people. Uh, Bill Gates, George Soros. So if you say Bill Gates or George Soros. We should block you. You should block us. I just, I'll just leave that one there. I don't need to go any further. That's just even mentioning somebody is a blockable offense. Okay. Um, sheeple. I, I agree with that one. I really hate that phrase. Yeah. I think it's dumb. It's pointless. It's not considered, and it's not solving the problem. That's the only one in there where when people use the word sheeple, I'm automatically like, okay, that is not okay. an evolved dialogue that we're having. I can see where you're going. <laughs> I don't really want to talk to you. I'm not going to block them, though. No. But I would I'm not going to stop talking to that person. I just understand <laughs> that that person has come to a conclusion 
and yeah. made a decision. And There's not going to be a discussion. No, there. I'm not a person. Yeah. I don't. I don't come to fixed conclusions and then just build a castle around myself. I do think that there are people who are being drug around by the nose of their convictions. Oi. There are people that are being drug around by their fears. Tell it. They're. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. <sighs> but just saying sheeple about someone no, it's... who's trying to do something for the right reasons. It automatically starts to drop my interest in having dialogue with those folks. Yeah, okay. But I'm not going to block them. <laughs> the next one is a good one. Uh, the Great Reset. You should block people if they talk about the Great Reset. You what is the Great not, Reset? You should not block people if they talk about the Great Reset. <laughs> What's the Great Reset? That's where they want to move no. everybody to a digital ID where all money is tracked. They want to be a cashless society. Yeah. And according to their phrase, you will own uh, nothing and love and it. And love it. Yeah. That's their own phrase. So uh, I guess the most extreme version of if you were like afraid of the Great Reset, you would call them like a technocratic nightmare where they want to turn us into cyborgs and destroy all humanity. Yeah. Um, other people would say, hey, they're futurists and they know that we're evolving and we're going to evolve with machines now. So let's get rid of the old. Um, we're not going to not have machines in our life. Yeah. So. Those are two different versions, but I think the Great Reset is a really interesting topic. Uh, the Great Reset, the idea of the Great Reset is that corporations take over the world and they don't have the problems that nations have, like representative government or voting. <laughs> so Shucks. the Great Reset is the plan of the World Economic Forum to redesign the world. Yeah without oversight from the people who live on it. And they sort of paint the image of um, Star Trek fourth-level civilization, mm -hmm. except the oligarchs are still in control. That's the uh, one little detail they... Right, well, it's, it's, um, it's, it's what's already going on. It's already what's going They're on. They're just saying it to They're you. They're just branding it and trying to get... With some nice yeah. videos with soothing yoga music. Like, Boy. Like, it's already happening. It happened, most part. Already been happening for a long... Like, this is the department store we talked about. The yeah. planet is not run by Biden and Putin and Boris Johnson. The no. planet is run by financial groups. By the World Economic Forum. And now they're just telling you about it. Welcome to the show. <laughs> so That's not a conspiracy theory. No, that's, that's a website. That's an actual conspiracy you can go to and yeah. look at. <laughs> look up the World Economic Forum, The Great Reset. Yeah. However, on the bingo card, they say don't talk about that thing. I don't know why. You're stupid. So, Sla Slash says, I'm glad the vaccines are excluding me. Oh, I, <laughs> I don't want to be close to them when they die. And if oh, they become boy. zombified, I won't feel bad about terminating our relationship. You know, I think about that a lot, actually. Like, if the zombie apocalypse does break out, like, what would I do first? Oh, Denise Rob uh, uh, turned, I think she took off, but she said, thanks for your show. I'll watch it again. I enjoy your energy. Thanks, Denise Rob, Thank for, for watching the show. Appreciate and you. thanks for participating. We really have this yeah. um, these comments open so we can have participation, and we may not be able to integrate the information in this show, but we always look at the sources we're, that come. Yeah. and then We're not we, in denial we like of to that comment story. I know that show. that's the story. I've just researched that story a lot, and I don't trust it because of the data I've seen. Yeah. I know that's the story. 
I'm not in denial of the story, and I'm not trying to no, shut you no, down no, no. for sharing that story. We've heard that story. I just don't trust it anymore because I've seen other data. It's really important to find out who, how the story got to your eyeballs. Yeah, who paid for that story to get to, to get your, to your eyeballs. eyeballs? Yeah, what things did it go through to reach your eyeballs? Yeah, who are what mama bird are you letting barf information into your mouth? Right. Okay. Um, halfway digested. All um, right. Uh, anti-vax bingo. You want to go back? Shedding the vaccine now. Shedding the vaccine? That's uh Is that in there somewhere? It is. The vaccine doesn't work and shedding the vaccine, it's in line two. Oh, right. We missed that one. Yeah. Um I <laughs> we talked about the vaccine doesn't work. We don't know if it's working or not. I don't know if it's I, I I haven't seen any conclusive evidence that says vaccines work. Yeah. Also have seen evidence saying the opposite. Yeah. Well, we know some vaccines do work. Safe and effective is the sales pitch, but just it seems that yeah. it is not safe for a number of people. Yeah. A and large number of people. It's not very effective either. Seems not effective. So um, that's a slogan, not science. Yeah. So, and then shedding the vaccine, you know, we, we've gone back and forth on this one a lot. Um, this is an area that we haven't done a ton of research into. At first, what we were hearing and concluding, so what happened was, is the CDC said, once you've gotten one of these treatments... You don't have to wear a mask anymore. You can hang out with your friends. And you won't then get sick. almost immediately, she, Dr. Rachel Walensky, the head director of the CDC, turned right around and said, No, 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 no. Five months later. You need to start wearing masks. Oh, no. That, no the, yeah, mask the mask thing, thing happened really almost quick. immediately. Yeah. She was like, Actually, the vaccinated should still wear masks. Yep. So that makes you feel as though what, what intelligent people should have concluded, people who understand logic, should have concluded is that if the vaccinated are being told they should still wear masks, then they are either one, not as protected from COVID by as the vaccine, va- which you would expect a vaccine to yeah. do. They're, they either need to wear masks still because they're actually not being protected or they need to wear masks still because they are not protecting others. They're still virally shedding one or yeah. the other or both. Now I don't know if these treatments, if the AstraZeneca, the Moderna, the Johnson and Johnson, the Pfizer and the other ones that are out there, I don't know if any of those can cause a person to shed from the vaccine. However, we do know that you can still catch and transmit COVID even while having that treatment present in your system. Yeah. I think shed, shedding the vaccine was, it was a thing in the dialogue for a little while. Yeah. I didn't find anything conclusive. So, um, yeah. And we haven't looked into uh, what we would need to find out is how many of the various COVID treatments were actually built with a little bit of SARS-CoV-2 in them because that would be a prerequisite for them being able to shed SARS-CoV-2 mm. is if they actually, but most of them haven't. Most of them are built off of something that's sort of like SARS-CoV-2. All right. Sheeple, Great Reset, Mercury. Yeah, I skipped that one because uh, that's a... That's anti-vax. That's not anti-mRNA or COVID. Yeah, that's that's a deeper, longer story yeah. of people who have been suspicious of big pharma's medical treatments for a long time. Right. That's an older. That has nothing to do with this virus. This particular actually. treatment. Um, as far as I know, um, here's the one. Here's one of our favorites. Do your own research. You must not. Yeah, we shared an article last year that that was the headline. You must not do your own research. And do your own research was yeah. in quotes. You must not quote, do your own research, as if the very thought that that was a thing was was ridiculous. Yeah, this Laughable. is. Yeah, this bingo card sure isn't. Um, <laughs> do your own research. So if somebody says they've done their own research, you scoff at them and you block them. 
because you know the best way to understand what's going on is to get infotainment from sources that are being paid by the criminal organization. Right down your esophagus. That is putting the shots in your arm. Yeah. You should get your information from that food pyramid. You should get your stories about what's going on from media sources that are being paid by the people who are trying to put those treatments in your arm. Yeah, that's probably the best way to get the best information. Yeah. You should definitely not try to get information directly from the people that invented that kind of treatment or directly from the people that invented the kind of tests that are being used or directly from... No. Yeah. You can't learn things unless someone teaches it to you. You are incapable. What Do Not Do Your Own Research says is that you are incapable of teaching yourself. Yeah, you can't. You want to think that about yourself? This is a giant Milgram experiment where you just need to listen to the person in the lab coat. Or you're endangering us all. I'd like to take a minute and ask everybody who's watching the show right now to subscribe, be our friend on Twitch, like the video on Facebook, hit the little alarm bell so you get a notification the next time we go live, and share this video with a few people that you think might be interested in these kinds of conversations. Yes. Please do all that. This is uh, that. This is what lets us know that uh, you appreciate the work that we're doing and participate in it. Yeah. Deb Lynch says, "Rollerball, anyone who wants some Kool Aid." Oh boy. Yes. <laughs> you cannot teach yourself, folks. That's the new reality. You can't do that. You cannot teach yourself. You cannot discern between. Um, do your own research. Uh, okay. And what here, a nut here's job. where it gets really shitty. These last two lines are really fucking shitty. They get worse? They get really bad. I didn't, you know what? I didn't even make it down there. No, they're really bad. Okay. okay. So vaccines killed my dot, dot, dot. You should block somebody if they try to tell you that a loved one died from a vaccine injury. That's horrible. Yeah, you should block them. Their reality does not matter. That data does not matter. That experience does not matter. Only the experience, only the only deaths that matter and the only suffering that matters is the deaths and suffering that come directly from SARS-CoV-2. No other deaths and suffering matter anymore. Look at the VAERS reports. You can go down. It says reported deaths post-COVID vaccine. Okay, so this is a very short period of time where they're looking at the deaths post-vaccine. Now, that other red line is going on for decades, showing VAERS report deaths. Deaths reported to VAERS. This, this is what is VAERS, the vaccine. I'm going to look it up because I want us to know because a lot vaccine. of people have had this word weaponized against them and they think it's stupid. Yeah. VAERS is a government organization. Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System. I've been following a thread on Twitter of people reporting vaccine injuries and deaths on Twitter, their personal experiences of themselves and loved ones. And I've been asking people, did your doctor report that to VAERS? Did your doctor report that to VAERS? Did your doctor? And they're like, nope, he wouldn't report it. They wouldn't report it. They wouldn't report it. These are people who have gotten their booster or gotten their shot. And some of them have had a loved one die in the hospital right after having gotten the shot and their doctor would not report it to VAERS. Too much paperwork or they're not getting paid for it or um, it's such a political issue. Some people don't want to bring it up yeah, because they feel like they're going to be treated some way because of their their fear of other people's politicizing of this medical issue. Vaccine adverse event reporting system. So So from 1990 to 2020, there were about two to five hundred deaths reported to VAERS. Two to five hundred vaccine adverse event reported deaths, and that's that. That line is after these things have been introduced, right? P- people are it's now in the public, 
So people are having an event and they report it. And you can see that there must have been some really good gatekeeping before they let these things go out because the deaths are pretty low until they roll out this vaccine. And then they rolled out the COVID vaccine. And so far, whenever this chart was made, there have been 6,000 deaths reported to VAERS. Oh, there's some new. You could probably look at new VAERS It's not 6,000 anymore. No, it's, no, like four, old... it's like 14,000 now. Deaths. 14,000 deaths. Yeah. So that line should be twice as big. Is that what it's saying? Going up. So mm-hmm. that's, it's a dramatic departure. Um, and then if you read what I quoted, this is from the guy that wrote that article. He said, oh, no, this is from another a Desert Review article. We'll get to that in a second. He says, however, there are limitations to VAERS. It grossly underreports adverse events. A study done by uh, Ross Lazarus showed that less than 1% of vaccine adverse events get reported. If Lazarus is uh, correct, the actual deaths from vaccines uh, these last 12 months might be as high as 100 times the number. Slash on YouTube says the girl, Maddie, who is paralyzed. I have not heard about a paralyzed girl. Um, her VAERS report says she got a stomach ache. Stomach ache. Not paralysis. Mm. So that's something to be aware of in, yeah. your, in your neighborhood, in your environment, your information environment. Um, there's, there's a drumbeat of what we should and shouldn't be doing. I have the VAERS spike of what happens when there's the vaccine. And then down below, we have this data coming out of India that we've talked about before on the show where they Hmm. introduced ivermectin as an early treatment and preventative. And they nearly wiped out uh, COVID cases, not the virus. The virus is always going to be around. But they knocked out COVID cases in in what looks like uh, less than a month. If now... Correlation versus causation is important, my loved ones, my darlings. And you need to be aware of when you're using correlation and when you're using causation. You can't use correlation for some data and causation for other data unless there is an actually determined causation going on. What we're looking at most of the time is correlation. What that bottom graph says is the lower graph shows the relationship between daily new COVID-19 cases in the city of Delhi, India, over time. Within six weeks of starting ivermectin, cases in Delhi had dropped by 97%. That seems like we have an early treatment. It seems like there's no reason to have an EUA and vaccinating five-year-olds. It seems like it's unlawful to have an EUA. It seems unlawful, yeah. yeah. I feel like we're preaching to the choir a little bit, darling. Yeah. So Let's go back to our Vax Bingo. Oh, Vax Bingo card, yeah. It's always fun. Okay, uh, they're not reporting the vaccine injuries. Um, we, we just talked about that. Block somebody. You should block somebody if they complain that not enough vaccine injuries are being reported. We already know that's happening. You can ask your loved ones. Yeah, that's if kind of a known yeah. thing. Aborted fetal cells. This is a problem. It is? Yeah. It's an ethical question. Uh. It's an ongoing ethical question. This is not... This is not a problem only for these vaccines. This is not about this particular pandemic It's not about this particular pandemic. Uh, It's new to decide you're never going to talk to that person again because they're concerned about the ethics of using aborted fetal cells in medical treatments. Mm. Um, You can't even take somebody's organs after they die without their permission or a family member's permission. This whole bingo card doesn't 
feel very open-minded to me or exploratory, like somebody who wants to change their mind. Or Why would they want to change their mind on. when people are dying? These people <clears throat> believe that it, that, that this, these opinions shouldn't even be entertained because they're so mm. dangerous. I don't need a vaccine. I trust my immune system. I feel badly for people that think you should block someone because they say that. Because it means that person has been miseducated about how their immune system works. Yes. um, I made a post this week basically saying that um, if your fear of the virus is greater than a calculable known risk of the virus, if your fear is greater than your risk, Mm -hmm. you are putting yourself at greater risk. Yeah. By being afraid. By being afraid. Because anxiety, depression, and fear symptoms depress your immune system, making you more susceptible to illness. And that's why at one point, I don't know if it's still the case, at one point it was the number two comorbidity of -hmm. people who die of COVID-19 are people who are experiencing anxiety or fear. Yeah. And the related symptoms. So being afraid of the virus, ironically makes you more susceptible to the virus. Mm-hmm. So it's good to arm yourself with information and actually know what's going on so you don't have to be afraid. But and this bingo card yeah. is a prescription for fear. For fear. And it's important to understand that the that the current COVID treatments are not vaccines. No, they're not they're not they're not they are not immunizing. immunizing. Yeah. They're not immunizing treatments in the same way that vaccines from our past are. And they are not tested immunizing treatments in the same way that vaccines from our past are. So when someone says, I don't need a vaccine, I trust my immune system, they're probably not saying I don't need a smallpox vaccine. Yeah. They're probably actually just talking about this treatment. Because they're probably not at very high risk. Uh, Generally speaking, you should block somebody. You should block somebody and think of them as an anti-vaxxer when they say next we will have to wear yellow stars. Ah, I think it's very important to listen to the people in your community and do some research on how the Holocaust started. Yeah, there are not just the results, not just the horrible, gruesome results that ended up in a museum in Washington D.C. Because the the whole first seventy five percent of the Holocaust Museum in D.C. walks you through the early days of medical testing on people with disabilities, um, coercive medical treatments of people who are incarcerated, um, taking away personal property, taking away um, uh, clothing and shoes, and and brainwashing people into situations that were dangerous for them because they thought they were doing it for the greater good. Neighbors turning against neighbors. The Holocaust didn't just start in gas chambers where you would be able to say, oh, I would never put someone in a gas chamber. No, they started Of course saying, you would never put someone in a gas chamber. They started saying that the Jews were dirty and spreaders of typhus, uh, that they were medically unclean and were spreading disease. That was a big push to alienate, make people afraid. Otherize. Of, otherize the Jewish people is that they, they, they were spreaders of disease uh, because they were poor, dirty people also running the world. That was the nice, they, they covered both. That yeah. They're the evil bankers that run the world and they're the dirty poor that are going to kill you with disease. Hmm. Hmm. So interesting. Isn't that interesting? It sort of sounds similar to something that the leftists laugh at all the time, which is this Republican stereotype that the Mexicans are both lazy and going to take our jobs. Yes. (laughs) You should listen to yourself. You should say your beliefs out loud into the mirror and see how you Mm. like the person saying them. Um, coercion is not informed consent. You should block somebody and think of them as an anti-vaxxer if they say anything similar to coercion is not informed consent. 
Yeah, that used to be like the Me Too, the Me Too movement, wasn't it? Yeah. That, wasn't that the sort of basis of an entire social movement? I'm not saying you have to sleep with me. I'm just saying you won't get this job if you don't sleep with me. Yeah, that sounds familiar to hmm. coercion. Weird. That sounds co- coercive. It doesn't sound like freedom. Oh, God. I'm so oh, triggered by that word. that's another trigger word. You I'm know, so that really should be word. on here. Why isn't freedom yeah. on here? <laughs> yeah, my freedoms. Uh, vaccine injury. What kind of asshole thinks about being free? Yeah. You anyway. jerk. I, I really have triggers around even using that word because it's been conditioned to be the battle cry of the unwashed. Um, vaccine injury and its friend. I know someone who had an adverse reaction. You should block someone and think of them as an anti-vaxxer if they say that. Where was that? Those, oh. These are some of the last two right, on, our, right, right. on our anti-vax bingo. Yeah. How shitty is that? How shitty is that? I know someone. So one of the one of the um, posts on Twitter that we saw this week, and I'm going to go find that thread because it's important that you know that this exists. One of the posts that we saw on Twitter um, is... Uh, a guy who's what 23 year old brother went into the hospital for his booster started vomiting at the hospital on having gotten his booster vomiting dizziness and chest pain and body aches and they said you'll get over it and sent him home and he died the next day Hmm. at home um, but might, if somebody might have, says might have been a stomach ache, yeah, but if somebody says that they know someone who had a vaccine injury, you should block them. That's what that card says by the guy who blocked me for saying that this card would not age well. Yeah. Um, so if that, you go I, to, I, I want to be in that guy's reality bubble because he obviously is so into blocking anything that doesn't agree with him. Having coffee with that person would be fascinating because fascinating to me yeah. because they have totally insulated themselves in such a tight bubble where nothing that nothing that counters their view it can get in. It's a castle. So they've they yeah. have their friends and everybody who agrees with them. They have besieged themselves. That's amazing. They have besieged themselves. So uh, go to twitter.com. Slash, they say it's rare. Yeah, and you don't have to be a Twitter subscriber to go there. You do not. You can also follow this person on Telegram. They say it's rare. She is not doxing herself, but she's done a video with her voice um, and a little memoji um, explaining what she's doing. I retweet real people with rare complications, 4K and counting. Scroll through them and see for yourself how rare their stories are. So um, she did a quiz. Wow. Anybody that tags this, this is girl, independent research. This is independent research. In the past six days, I retweeted four and a half thousand posts from people who have experienced devastating life changes or loss of life after vaccination. On the seventh day, Sunday, I rest. Please take this opportunity to reach out and support somebody in the comments. Offer an ear, hug, or prayer. Or block them. <clears throat> or just block them. Researchers warn that cold weather can cause blood clots and heart attacks. So that's another one to add to your bag. You don't have to wonder if the COVID treatments are killing people if you don't want to. You could instead pick from any of these few options. Maybe it's marijuana causing the heart attacks and blood clots. Maybe it's climate chaos causing sudden infant deaths and childhood heart attacks. Maybe it's the fact that you give your kids too much freedom that's causing them to develop (laughs) myocarditis. Yeah. And now... Cold weather also Cold weather. causes blood clots and heart attacks. I think they're using the same image of that guy grabbing his heart for the blood clots as I have in the notes of the teens who are getting heart attacks because of too much freedom. No, it's just another similar image. 
Too much freedom makes young people feel unsafe and unprotected. A possible explanation of alarming myocarditis events. You know, after two years of lockdowns and quarantining, I'm sure the kids are feeling unsafe because they have too much freedom. And it's giving them childhood heart attacks. Childhood heart attacks. That makes total sense. So this is what I talk about when I say that's, um, what's that news organization? The Morning Light. Um, There's the Morning Light, the Evening Star, and the Evening Standard. These are newspapers. I've seen these articles. Uh, I guess you could look up, you could totally Google those headlines and go find the newspaper article yourself. I'm sure it would be amazing to go down that rabbit hole of how they validate these headlines. Um, But how did that information get to my eyeballs? How is that information getting delivered to you? Somebody paid for that to be in your feed. Nobody is paying. They say it's rare. And nobody is paying the 10,000 people on Twitter who have shared stories with her about loved ones and close family friends having injuries or death. Yeah, there's no cash incentive to describe uh, how the reaction to the pandemic has destroyed people's lives. Not, I don't know what the cash incentive, I don't know what the evil mechanism would be for people to go out and talk about their family members dying just as a part of a right-wing plot of some sort. You could know about this. You could. You could know about it. I'd like to have a brief conversation with you, Dark Sevier, yes. on the side. Who is our fucking audience? Because I... we get all fired up talking to people who have no interest we're talking to an audience of people, the, the, like the hypothetical, who our voice is going to. Yeah. Our voice is to the people who need to know this stuff. That's the idea. But the people that are actually on the other side of the camera right now having this conversation with us are people that are already on board with these things. Well, you're, you're saying we're preaching to the choir? Yeah. Okay, so how do we get this information to... This is uh, something I've been thinking about a lot lately. Who are we talking to in these videos? Can we go down to the page? Because I have, I have, I have a note for that. <laughs> if you go down to the bottom of the page um, and scroll back up, uh, where, where are we? Um, wait. Uh, it's not the people who want to kill the unvaccinated. It's before that. So, yeah, it's, it's another Brett Weinstein uh, quote, it's a Twitter quote from Brett Weinstein. He says, right and left are a distinction we can no longer afford. It's right and wrong for the foreseeable future. Now, I, a bunch of people jumped on him for saying right and wrong because it's not that easy. Right and wrong is a value judgment that I think is really problematic. But I pulled it out because I've been seeing a rash of these tweets talking about the right and the left. And we had some positive feedback on the show that we did in Virginia about talking about how the right is not the right and the left is not the left. And what is this? How do you how can you even use those terms with a straight face anymore? So um, to go further down, uh, some Russian guy, uh, dead punk 77, says there's no longer he's quoting Edward Limonov, another Russian guy. There's no longer any left or right. There's the system and the enemies of the system. So if you're still claiming to be of the left, I automatically, I claim to be, um, I think this is a technical term, I have a transcendent perspective and not a partisan perspective. Having a transcendent perspective, I can look at the left and the right and try to understand it without a tribal bias and this is what we try to offer on our show is to not speak to the left or from the right or vice versa, but to actually be an outpost in the borderlines because uh, the left and right doesn't matter anymore. 
those terms don't have any real meaning anymore. Uh, before, it's just a way to sort ourselves. It's a way to sort ourselves, but it doesn't have any meaning. Um, there's another tweet from a lady named uh, Roxanne uh, Hogue. She says, conversation with a firmly conservative, socially liberal friend who said... Fiscally conservative. Oh, wait, yeah. Conversation with a fiscally conservative, socially liberal friend who said, I can tell my conservative friends everything I believe and we are still friends. I can't share my common sense beliefs with my leftist friends at all. So there's a lot of value judgments in there, common sense, um, mm-hmm. conservative friends. What's common sense to one person is not necessarily common sense to another person, and that's part right. of the problem. Right. So, But I think what, what that person is saying, the fiscally conservative, socially liberal friend, feels as though they, ha- they have to be constantly on guard, even about their most benign opinions when they're speaking with leftist friends. Yes, because they'll get canceled. I also experienced that. Yes, we've experienced that. <laughs> so All the time. Uh <laughs> We've now had five porn stars offer links for us oh, today on great. our feed. That's awesome. That's like a, a major step up in ratings from the Smooth My Balls sponsorship for manscaping tools. Looks like I've got some research to do between now and next week's show. <laughs> Thanks for sending us your links. I, we always look into them. Um, <laughs> Ted Deschner's tuning in. Hello, Ted. Thanks hello, Ted for joining. Uh, so this whole thing about who are we talking to? I think we're talking to people who are leaving their religion Yes. Um, there are some people who are of the left or claim to be of the left that are really uncomfortable with the sort of fascist, not sort of, directly fascist turns that have occurred within that idea of the progressive left. Mm-hmm. So there's a shift happening. We call ourselves an outpost in the borderlines, not preaching to the choir, because I believe we can have a productive conversation with people who consider themselves right wing, and we can have a con- uh, a conversation with people who consider themselves left-wing. Denise Robb, who I did stand-up comedy with, she is very much an MSNBC-aligned politically person. And cares. And She's sharing that data because, because she, she cares. cares. And, and she, she believes said she that would, story. And she would listen to us again. What I would, Who I would like to talk to are people who are willing, even if they're not willing to give up the mantle of left or right, to be able to consider a perspective that is not within their tribe. Yeah. And there are plenty of people in all the tribes that are willing to do that. This is something we talked about a lot before the the only story we ever talked about was coronavirus, um, was was the political divides in the country. A lot of people think that half of the country voted for Trump, therefore half of the country is a racist, which is completely reductive. I know, like, raging feminists who are fiscally conservative who voted for Trump for those reasons. Um, I think it's important to remember that we are not so stereotyped as the mainstream media makes us out to be and that uh what how the country actually divides up um is of eligible voters we have about 17 percent of the country voted blue and about 17 percent of eligible voters voted red and then in the middle we had a ton of voters yeah and so you're going to have polarized voices on either end that are the loudest voices in the room and then you're going to have a ton of other people and and that's comparable to this issue as well. If you're getting to a place where you might be losing your religion, any of your religions, um, please come talk to us. Political, social, financial. Yeah. We've been there. It's shitty. It's rough. It's hard. And I want to have a place of compassion for people who are willing to change their minds about really important issues. I'm going to share a site that uh, informed... Uh, a lot of our early shows, and I like to share this often, it's a website called Hidden Tribes. 
it's an interesting place to go and fill out their questionnaire and figure out where you are. A lot of people who think they're left find out they're not. Not very left. Um, and vice versa. And there's a very particular place on that page called the Exhausted Majority. They said that was the largest group of people from all the people. And it, actually, that group is getting smaller which in the last uh, two years. Uh, it's gone down a few percentage points. Um, Hidden Tribes is a site that has a questionnaire you can fill out and they can tell you where you are. The largest group they found was called the Exhausted Majority, who they called could, said it could be qualified as the Exhausted Majority. And that was like 67%. I think it's down to like 65, 64 or something like that. Uh, but I thought that was really interesting. And I think that's who I actually want to talk to are the exhausted majority. These are people who are tired of the divide between left and right and realize that it's not a productive thing to do. Mm -hmm. These are people who think that we could actually find some kind of compromise to move forward because we have more in agreement than disagreement. And we would like to focus on what we have in agreement and maybe set the disagreements aside so that we can move forward again instead of allowing this uh, unprecedented uh, wealth transfer to continue where the globalist institutions are taking everything, extracting mm. everything into a cloud that no nation has anymore. The wealth of the nations are just being extricated into these bubbles that we no longer get the benefit of, and they collect on a sort of toxic feedback loop of wealth yeah. that does nobody any good. The more capital you have, the more capital you make, and the less capital you have, the less you have the ability to make capital. Billionaires remind me of those people that like go out and kill a fucking rhino and then take it to some Chinese magician to grind it up so they can get an erection. <laughs> That's all it is. They'll kill a fucking rhino to get a little thing out of his horn just so he can have a get his jollies off with a prostitute one night. Wow. That's what billionaires are to me. You know, right. when you have that much money, it's like look at what you're that you can't you had so you, much impact on the environment around you that you just don't care about. Yeah, that's just and that's and that's really just to yeah. to get an erection is probably a big part of it. I don't know where you just went, but I'm here for Anyway, hiddentribes.us. <laughs> totally went off on a tangent. I don't know. Is that a real story? <laughs> yeah, it's a real story. Rhinos and erections? That's why rhinos are endangered is because they were being killed, their horns chopped off, sent to China, and used as an aphrodisiac for old men. Wow. Hopefully, Viagra, people are like, oh, Viagra, why are we funding that? I'm like, to save the goddamn rhinos, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, gosh. So right. it's the same thing with billionaires. It's, it's, you know, victory, a sense of accomplishment. There's been an, uh, like an unprecedented transfer of wealth in the course of the pandemic away from people who are supporting these insane policies to people who are benefiting off of these insane policies. And it's not making wealth. It feels like it's just creating a toxic environment. But if their account goes from you know two billion to twelve billion, then maybe they can bone better. They should just buy some Viagra. If you wait, wait, wait. Exhausted majority is now fifty five percent. No, uh, oh. this is another part of Hidden oh, Tribes oh, oh, US oh, called oh. PerceptionGap.us. Fifty five percent is the estimated proportion of Republicans and Democrats holding extreme views. The actual proportion of Republicans and Democrats holding extreme views is thirty percent. This is what we were talking about. There's so only there's only about fifteen percent on each yeah, side. There's only yeah. about thirty percent of the country that hold extreme views and don't want to talk to anybody about them. I mean, don't 
don't want they don't want to potentially change their views. No, they're tribal the other seventy percent yeah. of the country does not hold very extreme views and is also willing to change them. Yeah. So that's who you asked the question. That's who I want to talk to. That larger group of people who are not being served. Um, most of the mainstream media is invested in the divide because that drives views. So they're speaking to that 30% of zealots and the rest of us are just um, audience members of that conversation between the corporate overlords and the corporate livestock. Right. And the rest of us just watch that as bread and circus feel like we're smarter than that. We know that's propaganda. We know that's, but you're still letting that shit into your head like fucking Wonder Bread and Twinkies. So I feel like the backbone of post-Orthodoxy right now is people who are critical thinkers, who want to know the truth, who are willing to change their minds, who feel very strongly about things. Um, you have, you've made it out into the borderlands and you probably have some friends and loved ones who have not made it out into the borderlands yet. Um, Those people that think that you've gone too far, you watch YouTube too much. Yeah. Or 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 they're they might be willing to listen to you at dinner, but they're not really gonna say anything back, you know? Mm. They're like that's an exhausted majority right there. Mm. We can all start honing in on friends and loved ones who aren't just shouting us down. Right. If you have somebody in your circle that says, hmm, I'll have to look into that. They might just be extremely non-confrontational, but the chances are is 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 they're uh, they're not vehemently against what you're saying, but they don't really know where to start. And and the outpost in the borderlands is a place where people can start. So if you know some people who are um, questioning their religion, and I'll probably have to think of some more signs of what it looks like when somebody might be questioning their religion because we need a, we need friends. We need to come together. I think uh, I, I'm a big fan of Plato's uh, allegory of the cave. And as more people are starting to see the narrative not... Uh, not be the truth. Not be what's going on. <laughs> yeah. As the narrative begins to collapse. Um, I really... I think about... Plato's allegory of the cave a lot because if you've been in the darkness for so long and you actually get out of the cave, it's blinding. But when your eyes adjust and you can actually see so much more than the puppet show down below, Mm -hmm. when you go back down below, you look crazy. You sound like a crazy because one, you're blind now because you can't see very well in the dark because your eyes have adjusted so to the light. So there's something wrong with so you. So you went out there and something went wrong with you. Right, because you can't see in the dark the same way that we can. Right, so that's what happens with the coronavirus narrative is people who, are going, who peek behind the curtain and say, wait a minute, this is just availability bias. They're just bombarding us with a mono message that has no grounding in science or but reality. But it starts feeling like the truth because you hear it all the time. And then you come in and say, yeah, maybe not so much that. And they're like, you're a kook. And you got kicked out of your radio station, and now you know you got kicked out of your community, or people won't let you in that bar anymore because you went out there, right? There's a gap between people who are starting to figure shit out and people who do not know they have shit to figure out. Yes, and, and there are some people in the middle who are wondering. And, and then we, we set up a lemonade stand about fifty feet away from the hole of the cave. <laughs> so when people come back out after being beat up by the people underground that called them crazy, we can get them some lemonade, maybe some sunglasses. Have a conversation. Yeah, have a conversation. So I Ooh. feel pretty good about the show. I feel really good about the show, too. Yeah. Um, leave a vote if you want us to change our show time. 
I like the idea of doing it on Sundays because most yeah. people are off work on Sundays. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to do it too late in the evening because I don't want to. I don't want to be uh, clashing with football games. Oh boy, that's yeah. a big problem. We have right. to be careful not to. Although I don't know what time football starts. I don't know if that's. Does it start at noon? Like. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so football games, drinking plans, but we could move it forward a couple hours. Uh, Slash says, "Love you guys." Hey, Slash, thanks for tuning Thank into you the for show. Tuning in today. Uh, yeah, so like us about our new anonymous subscribe friend. to us. Click all the boxes so that you find out when our stuff is coming online. Uh, if you are on Twitter, please follow us on Twitter. That yes. is the bulk of our propaganda coming out, uh, learning from things and sharing what we're learning and prep for our weekly show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would highly recommend whether you can go there or not. You can still see our page. Yeah. You can still see. I think if what's you've been banned, shared. you can still go and see yeah, our. Know. Yeah. I'm just gonna say you can. Find out on your own. You go to an incognito window. Yeah, go to an incognito window. Come on. Hey. That's how I get around a lot of paywalls. Wow, Thanks, what a good guys. show! Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys. Um, if you have so- any topics for the shows, yep. uh, friends of the show have been sending us information, sending us links. We always take a look at mm-hmm. the links that people send in to us, and then we're not going to be able to squeeze everything into every show. It's so, true. Uh, so much going on every week uh, that we're usually cramming, trying to put it all together just before we turn on the lights. So, uh, if you have suggestions, informational sources, even if it's not an article, we're always looking for good sources of information that uh, we can uh, know where the money's coming from in that information. Who's paying for the information? Uh, uh, raw I, data is the best. I knew Chef Boyardee would come in clutch with this info. Um, football starts at 11 a.m. Montana time. Yeah. So we're not going to, unfortunately, avoid all football times. I was thinking people might like it if we moved it a little later so that we're not crossing over with the church crowd. Right. Uh, we've become, I'm, I'm suddenly having a lot of productive conversations with... Uh, Republican Christians. Republican Christians. Yeah. And I appreciate that a lot. Yeah. We're having I some kind of reasonable dialogue. From a group of unreasonable Republican Christians to reasonable leftists and then got s- kicked out by unreasonable leftists <laughs> and am now having conversation with reasonable Republican Christians. So it's been a weird five years. It's quite strange. Woo! Uh, F- Super Bowl is on February 13th, Ted says. So, February 13th. So we have another couple of months of conflict and then we'll have the rest of the year. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah, and if you don't catch the show live, we do like to have the conversation with our audience, and we appreciate everybody who's been involved in the conversation today. Uh, tomorrow, I will start chopping it up Woo-hoo. and getting some microdoses together. We're also looking to bring on somebody who's going to help us with some editing so that we can be having better than the chop shop uh, microdoses that I've been putting out there, but some more professionally yes. prepared. Keep an eye out for that in January. Uh, bits coming. We've got so. a we've got a thing. Yes. Thanks for tuning in, folks. We'll see you next week. Hey, we appreciate you guys so much. Uh, take a minute as the video ends and share it with three friends on your platforms and in your secret text message groups that you think would like it. Yeah, Thank you for visiting our Outpost in the Borderlands. Post-Orthodoxy is a project of Sevier Studios. We host ongoing interactive conversations centered around cognitive liberty, and you can join in by catching one of our live streams on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch. You can also catch each conversation after the fact as a podcast by searching for Post-Orthodoxy wherever podcasts are found. If you take value from the work we are doing and the community we are building together, you can support the outpost in the Borderlands for as little as $5 a month on our website, BetterTime. That's betterti.me. Visit the Sevier Studios page and subscribe. 
You can also support The Outpost by following and connecting with us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, and or Substack. Our post-Orthodoxy theme music was composed by Frank Pascal, and a special thanks goes to our voice actors, Amelia, Colin, Zbo, Rosie, Gabo, Vicky, Mokai, and Tony. Thanks for playing. outside your reality bubble. I think I dribbled a bit that last one.